This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, as always, Dr. Andy Johnson. The topic of today's podcast, it's actually a two-part series, Language Acquisition and Development. Now, let's look at language acquisition. First, language learning is a universal human function. People around the world, in different environments, with different abilities, seem to acquire their primary language in essentially the same sequence and in the same way. This tells us that humans are hardwired to learn language in some form. Now, there are four essential elements connected with language learning. The first is semantics. That refers to meaning. Children learn that certain sounds, symbols, or movements of the hand and facial gestures mean something. The second is syntax. That refers to rules for how the words, the symbols, and movements are put together. For example, in human communication, there is usually a thing word, a noun, coupled with an action word, a verb. Children learn that the types of words, the form of the word, and the order of the word, the order that they're used, make a difference. The third element is medium. This refers to the form the language takes. Children learn to produce certain sounds, symbols, or movements to communicate. And the fourth one is pragmatics. In the context, this is in the context in which the communication takes place and the social rules around the communication. Children learn to communicate in different ways, in different contexts, with different people, and for different purposes. Now let's look at language acquisition in formal education. Language learning is not confined to childhood. Language learning continues in various forms throughout our lives as we enhance and refine our abilities to read, write, speak, listen, and think. Now, when formal education begins, teachers can enhance students' language learning by addressing the four language learning elements that I just described within their curriculums. Let me explain. For semantics, here, Teachers focus on developing students' vocabulary in word knowledge. Now, there's three reasons why this is important. First, word knowledge enhances reading fluency and comprehension. Second, vocabulary is strongly associated with concept learning. And third, words help us think. They're tools of thought used to represent, manipulate, and extend our thinking. More words, more tools of which to think. The second element is syntax. Grammar is the study of how language works. Learning to use certain conventions of grammar enables us to effectively communicate and transmit ideas from our heads out into the world through our writing and speaking. In learning to speak, Children acquire the basic rules of grammar by speaking and getting responses to their ideas, by hearing other more mature speakers, and by having incorrect grammar attended to, but in the context of their authentic speaking activities. 
So the same approach should be used for grammar instruction in schools with both writing and speaking. This means that grammar instruction must be short and explicit and then practiced and reviewed in authentic writing and speaking experiences. In this sense, writing and speaking skills are to be developed. They're skills to be developed, not content to be taught. And medium. Medium is the form the language takes. Here, you learn how to produce language, how to write and speak, and to receive language, how to read and listen. Instruction in reading and writing are recognized parts of formal education. Learning effective oral communication should also be included in a K-12 language arts curriculum. This can take many forms in a classroom, including small group speeches, structured conversation, tea talks, and simply providing time and space for children, for students to talk with each other. And the fourth element is pragmatics. People, ref uh, people uh, this refers to how and when people use differing communication styles. Not only the type of communication used, but the form. For example, when is it effective and appropriate to use email, text, or other medium? When is phone or personal communication more effective and appropriate? What form should these take? How does your communication style differ from one style to the next? One aspect of this pragmatic element is illustrated in culturally responsive teaching. Culturally responsive teaching builds on students' culture, their culture, their ways of speaking, their art and perspective. This is used as the basis for teaching. However, effective teachers then help students understand and navigate cultural norms for communication. Here they're taught how and when to code switch. That is, when it is and is not appropriate to use the various types of language and writing styles. So, let's take a look now at the beginning of it all. A phoneme is the smallest unit of sound within a word. There are approximately 200 different phonemes or individual sounds in all human languages around the world. In the English language, there are approximately 44, depending on whose research you look at. At birth, humans can hear all 200 phonemes. But eventually, through synaptic pruning, children are able to hear only the phonemes from their environment. Synaptic pruning is the natural process in which unused neurons and neural connections in the developing brain are eliminated. Young children thus become hardwired to hear the sounds in their own environment while losing the ability to hear other phonemes. This increases the efficiency of the needed neurotransmissions, thus enabling the brain to adapt to its environment. And let's look at words. In the first months of life, young children are learning simple associations or the names of things. Around six to seven and a half months, children appear to recognize that repeated sounds mean something. Once they recognize the connection between sounds and experiences, word learning begins. It's common for children to learn several word-object association at or before the age of nine months. 
And between the ages of 18 months and 6 years, there is a rapid explosion in word learning. And here are the five stages. First, number one is cooing. From birth to one month, infants are essentially eating, sleeping, and crying. From one to four months, they begin to explore intonational patterns. At this age, they can still discriminate between all human phonemes. However, through the process of synaptic pruning, infants began to lose this ability between 6 and 12 months. The second stage is babbling. Babbling occurs between 5 and 12 months. At this stage, infants' babbling begins to take on the characteristics of the language in their environment. Infants who are deaf use ASL, American Sign Language, as their primary babble language. The third stage is one-word utterance. This occurs between 9 to 18 months. This is called holographic speech. Here, infants make sounds that are related to meaning, and the first words, are usually nouns, uh, began to emerge. For example, cookie. During this stage, their vocabulary goes from three words to approximately a hundred words. And holographic speech is using one word to indicate a whole idea. The fourth stage is two-word utterances and telegraphic speech. Between 18 and 24 months, young children began to combine single words to form two-word utterances. From 24 to 30 months, mini-sentences called telegraphic speech are formed. This is the beginning of syntactic knowledge. By the age of two, most children know approximately 300 words. This more than triples in the next word, so that by the age of three, most children know approximately a thousand words. And the fifth stage is basic adult sentence structure. By age four, most young children have acquired the foundations of adult syntax and language. By the age of 10, children's language is fundamentally the same as an adult's with far fewer words. So let's look at word learning. Learning words is especially important for young children. Children's vocabulary ending first grade is the best predictor of reading comprehension at the end of second and third grade. Children who've been exposed to a lot of books, who've had a variety of experiences, and who interact with adults using rich vocabularies, enter first grade well prepared to learn to read and write. However, children coming from impoverished backgrounds often have not had these exposures and experiences. This makes literacy learning much more difficult when they enter first grade. So this points to the importance of high-quality pre-K preschool education versus childcare or daycare. Here, children will have exposures to enriched vocabularies and a variety of experiences with words. Once children enter school, they learn between 3,000 and 4,000 words a year. 
by the end of elementary school, they know approximately 25,000 words. And by the end of high school, approximately 50,000 to 80,000 words. Now, these words aren't learned from vocabulary worksheets or writing down definitions from a dictionary. The vast majority of words in our vocabularies are learned naturally by encountering them in meaningful contexts. This means that the more words children encounter in meaningful contexts, the more words they will learn. Thus, the most effective way to improve students' vocabulary is through wide reading and by immersing them in conversations, in media, and instruction that utilizes a rich tapestry of words and concepts. Now, words are known at, at varying levels. We know words at varying levels. At the lowest level, we have a sense of what a word might be related to. At the next level, we understand a word when it's seen or heard in the context of a sentence. And at the highest level, we fully understand the word in all dimensions. We can generate our own definitions and we can use that word in many contexts. These levels of word knowledge, these levels help us understand the different types of vocabularies that we have. We have a listening vocabulary. And this consists of the words that we hear and understand in conversations. And we understand more words in context than we're able to use. Our speaking vocabulary consists of the words we use in formal and informal conversations. Our reading vocabulary consists of the words we're able to recognize as we read. Many children enter school with very few words in their reading vocabulary. But as they develop word recognition skills, this number increases rapidly. To the greatest extent possible, the words that emerge and begin uh, the words that emergent and beginning readers encountered in text should be words that they already know. So they're learning to read with words that are in their vocabulary. And the fourth type of word uh, vocabulary is our writing vocabulary. This consists of the words we use to express ourselves in written form. This is smaller than our reading vocabulary. However, once we've fully developed our word recognition skills, our receiving vocabularies, our listening and our reading, are fairly similar as our transmission vocabularies, speaking and writing. All right, this has been the Reading Instruction Show. This is part one of a two-part series looking at language learning and acquisition.